Hi guys, welcome back to the show. Today you are in for a treat. We are going to be talking to Andrea Hyman and we are going to be talking all about how to get your kids to eat healthier. Andrea is a fellow dietitian who's been practicing for over 25 years. And in this interview, we talk a lot about what healthy eating is for kids, how to get your kids engaged in the healthy eating process, what to do if your kid is like already like almost a teenager and maybe they haven't been eating healthier, they don't really have, they they just don't really have the interest in it, how to kind of change, you know, your table and your dining experience at home and create some rules so that you can start to incorporate um, healthy eating in the household. It's a really great and such an informative podcast. So it's been such an informative episode. So Andrea has a podcast that I think that if you really like this episode, you should go check out. Her podcast name is called Adventures in Feeding My Family. Andrea can also be found at Instagram of the same handle, Adventures in Feeding My Fam, and also her website is the same. Or you can email her at adventuresinfeedingmyfam at gmail.com. So let's welcome Andrea to the show today. Hi guys, welcome back to the show. So today we're going to have Andrea on and Andrea is going to talk all about how you can get your kid to eat healthier. So welcome Andrea, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. Okay, so this is going to kind of be a broad topic. So why don't you kind of get me started? So when we're talking about how to get my kids eat healthier, what are you thinking? Are you thinking, okay, my kid's not going to eat chicken nuggets and pizza every day? Or like, how deep are we getting into this? So I can tell you, I can kind of go back to one of my pinnacle experiences where I was like, oh my gosh, I am not doing the things that I am telling others. Because for your listeners who may not know, I am also a dietitian like you. And so my oldest child, when he was about two, he was pretty tiny. And just a side note, if you knew me and knew my husband, you would look at us and say, yep, your kids are never going to be huge, giant kids. <laughs> but, but he, you know, I was a first time parent and people would look at him and say, oh, he's so small. And sometimes as parents, we get like pulled into that competition mode. So I felt like I had to do whatever I could to get him to eat because well, then he wouldn't be so tiny. And so I got into this habit of feeding him things like, oh, you know, those gushers fruit snacks that are really just candy Mm -hmm. and like pigs in a blanket, like hot dogs in a blanket. And every day after he got up from a nap, I would spoon feed him oatmeal. Uh And so this was really ridiculous. I'm, I was like, I do not want to have him eating like this and have these eating habits. And I was finding that because I was feeding him those foods, I was also eating those foods. So I didn't want that for myself either. So that was my moment when I was like, Andrea, you are just not practicing what you preach here. So we really had to change up what we were eating. And that was a bit of a process because obviously he was used to eating 
his preferred foods and not so much the foods that parents that we want our kids to eat. So there was a bit of a transition there. And I would pretty much try to, at every meal, include a couple of food options, at least one of those being something that I knew he would eat, and then include and incorporate some other healthier foods that I wanted him to eat as well. So what did you feel like work the most in order to get him to eat the healthier foods? Was it, you know, by putting other foods on there that he didn't normally eat? Was he apt to eat those? Or did you, you know, like, how did that kind of go? So I think one of the biggest keys is you as a parent being in charge of the food choices. So not short order cooking. So many of us get into that, fall into that trap and into that cycle. So I would say, avoid that. Everybody's eating all the foods that are being served. Nobody's getting special treatment. Nobody in the family is getting different food. And also really encouraging a pretty chill, relaxed family table. So as little pressure as possible is helpful. Although I'm okay with you having some food rules. So I think it's great to have a culture of you can't insult the food or you can't put down the food. You can't say things like, ew, what's that? You know, it's just, it becomes sort of a respect thing. So, you know, having that nice family culture and around the family table is really good. And not mention not pressuring and keeping the conversation comfortable and light. And yeah, so just kind of having like a like a calm space where it's about the family and it's more like about the food. But then when you're talking about that, like that you're, are you're all eating the same food, right? So do you have a variety within that food? So like, if you know one of your kids doesn't like it, but you have kind of something that each one of them would kind of eat, is that kind of what you do? Absolutely. So that at least your so, kid has something that they can. Absolutely. They can so yeah. if the meal is rice and salmon and broccoli, I know each one of them will accept at least one of those foods. And I think that's important for younger kids, especially when they're needing to try foods over and over until they can determine what their preferences are. And then do you have them like when they're eating and you're trying to get them to eat? I think probably most people, especially if the kids are, well, probably all age groups. I feel like it's always like, how do I get my kids to eat more vegetables? So my guess is that you would say like you would have the exposure to the kid, right? So can you talk a little bit about having the exposure to the kid and being okay with the kid not eating something, but exposing the child to it? And then also if role modeling healthy eating and eating vegetables kind of plays into that. Definitely. So I find all the pretty regularly, I find parents will say, oh, I can't get my kids to eat vegetables and such and such. But then I come to find out that they don't eat vegetables themselves and may not necessarily offer them that frequently. You can't necessarily accept the fact if if your child says to you, no, I don't like green beans and they've only tried them once. Oftentimes we think, hey, they tried them once, they don't like them. But it can take up to 20 times of actually trying a food before we know that we actually like it. And that doesn't mean 20 times of serving it to your kid. It's 20 times of them actually consuming it and swallowing it. And how do you do that? Like, do you say, what's the best approach for that? Do you say like, 
okay, so like you mentioned the example of like salmon and rice and some vegetable, then do you say, okay, you have to eat this and this and this. And then do you offer like a dessert afterwards? Like what's the best way to get your child to eat what you know that they, you know, you want them to try, but then also like, so it's not just they're being exposed that they're actually tasting it. Right, right, right. I think the best way is to have an established rule of, okay, you have to taste one bite of everything on your plate, or some families might do three bites of everything on their family. I'm sorry, on their plate, whatever that rule is for your household, as long as you're consistent and that rule has to carry over to all members of the household, not just one or the other, that consistency is fine. You just want to be careful about the pressuring. And that's becomes a really tricky point. Yeah, I was going to say, so like when you're serving something, it it applies to you too. So like if you're like the parents, right? So like if you're saying like, oh, you have to have all these foods, then everyone's kind of plate looks the same. And then everybody has to try the food, whether they like the food or not, right? Absolutely. And then there's no other offers of any other food source. That's it. That's if you, and then what happens if your kid only eats a little bit and doesn't eat enough? What what do you do then? Because I think that's a big thing. Like, oh, my, my child ate this much, but now like an hour later, he's hungry or she's hungry. What do you do in situations like that? Okay. So for the most part, kids won't go hungry. There are some situations where some will go hungry. So I don't want to say a blanket statement overall. I think it's personally in my house, I've always had when they, when my kids were younger, we always had an evening snack. So as long as you have an established snack time, you can say, all right, well, you will, it's not snack time now, but at 7.30, it's snack time and, and you can have something to eat then. But we don't want to get into the habit of that the kid refuses the meal, but then turns around a half an hour and wants, I don't know, their favorite graham crackers or something like that to fill up on instead of what we had hoped they would eat at the meal. Because they're pretty savvy. They'll figure out ways to to get around anything that they don't want to do. Then how do you explain, is it possible to explain healthy eating to a young child? And how do you explain healthy eating to a child in general? I don't think it's ever too early to do that. Although your explanations will be kind of tailored to their age, but I think it's really helpful to include positive language about the food, like say, Things like, oh, it's a balanced meal to have a vegetable and a grain and a protein, but it doesn't necessarily have to be awkward or forced. I would wait to kind of tell you had those natural opportunities to say something like that, but actually they pick up on it pretty well. You'd be surprised. You don't, it's not like you have to say something all the time, but those little cues, they do pick up on definitely. So what happens if you have like if, well, how do you initiate healthy eating in it in a child? If like, say they're like 10 and you have all these, you maybe have like, you know, all these years before where maybe you haven't as a household had the rules, like how do you then start to implement it as they're getting older? Definitely is the harder as yeah. they get older, the younger, the better for sure. I think if some, if you have a child who's 10, they're at the age where you can have more of a conversation like that. And just say, hey, we are trying to have healthier habits. I need to have healthier habits. And I want you to have healthy habits too for when you're 
older and a teenager and you're making more of your food choices independently and even when you become an adult. Maybe you have some sort of medical reason that's kind of motivating this and you can say, hey, we need to get healthier because of whatever that medical or health condition is. But I think at 10, probably even nine, maybe even younger, depending on your child, you can bring them into that conversation and just really encourage their support with that and say, establish the new rules and the new expectations at mealtime. But definitely it's easier when they are younger. Yeah. And I mean, it, that must be a hard mind shift for, because the parent then has to play a big role in that and, and in changing that focus. And I know it's probably for the parent could seem like it's a lot of work up front, but definitely, cause that's a big adjustment, I would say. Right. So how to get the, and so then what it, my guess is that the parent being consistent is going to play a really big role in having the child eat healthy. Would you say that's right? Absolutely right. And I think you make a really good point that initially it's going to be more work up front, but if you know that going in, then it helps to get you over that initial hump of effort. Yeah. So it's like any, I guess it, it could be like anything meal prepping in the sense that like you're putting the hard work in at the beginning, but then you'll start to see the fruits of your labor and probably each meal, it might get a little bit easier as the rules become more consistent and as they're established within the family. It sounds like you're saying. You are right. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So then another question you know, we were talking about was how do you get your, your child to be engaged in the kitchen? I love that question. This is one of the things that I'm super excited about. I love getting kids involved in the kitchen. So first of all, you have to know your child. Some are more impulsive than others. So you may want to be, depending on their age, a little bit more wary of what responsibilities and tasks you're giving them in the kitchen. But certainly at any age, even at a young age, kids can help you measure things using measuring cups or measuring spoons and stirring or things like that. It's often fun to have a child even like pull up a chair, a younger child pull up a chair next to you, even if they're not necessarily doing a lot of the hands-on cooking, they can be there and just kind of feel like they're there with you. Or I think it's fun to have them sit on the counter too. Do you think that do you think that makes a difference in terms of like them invested in the meal too? I do. Helping? Yeah. I definitely do. As kids get older, you can ask them what they want to have for dinner that week and depending on what their response is, you can kind of cue them and say, okay, so for example, if you ask your 5-year-old child what do you want to have for dinner this week and they say mac and cheese, Okay, great. Mac and cheese is a great choice, but let's add a vegetable and a protein option here with this so that it's a more balanced meal. So that's actually a perfect opportunity to teach what a healthy meal is without being so formal about it, I guess. And then they, just like you said, feel more invested in having some say in what the meal choices are going to be. I think it's pretty common at my house. I'll ask my teenager what he wants for dinner this week. And usually it's a, uh, <laughs> and, but I'm persistent. I'm like, I know you do know. So let give me an answer. <laughs> and, and that's always, plus it's nice to get his, their input as well. 
so that I don't have to make all the choices. Yeah. I mean, so that's, what's pretty fun. It's like, if you get the, so, okay. One thing I'm going to ask you is, is there different things to get the kid? Like, are there different tasks that you do in the kitchen for different age groups? Like, so can you give me a suggestion? So when a kid is like a little kid, what kinds of things? I know you said like stirring and adding measuring cups, but then as they get older, are they like, how do you maintain that excitement? Right. I think kids at a pretty young age too can do a peeling using a peeler. The peels might go all over the place, but if you can accept a little bit of mess, then that's a good task for them as well. I think, like I said, knife skills, I was probably pretty early giving my kids a knives to use, but you got to know your own kid and your own comfort level with that, but they can chop and that's a, a good task. And then I would say the first time that they do something with heat, with the stove or the oven, definitely supervise that until they feel confident and kind of walk them through what to be careful of and, and those, those things, because obviously that's dangerous. And I think microwave, you can use at a pretty early age too. That's really awesome. And then when you were talking about the kids, like giving their input about what they want to eat. So that's pretty cool too, right? Because then I guess like if they pick the one thing that then they like, and then you can kind of build around it, at least, you know, they're going to eat the one thing that they like, and then you don't have to worry so much about them not eating anything else. Because it doesn't sound like that's as much of an issue as I think a lot of parents probably think it is like, oh, my kids didn't eat something for dinner oh my gosh, I have to go and make them something else. But really, if you're including them in it, then that should kind of take a little bit of that away, right? Absolutely, for sure. And those are perfect examples that if your child is asking to have a certain dish in the upcoming week, I would get them involved preparing that item as well because they are already into that and they are vested. And that's a really good opportunity for involvement in the kitchen there. Okay. Andrea, thank you so much for coming on today. You've just been such a wealth of knowledge and I know my audience will just appreciate everything that you shared. So I, I really can't thank you enough. Well, I was so happy to be here and I know we share a lot of the same perspectives on trying to get your family to eat healthy. Yeah. So thanks. Wow. That was such a great episode. I felt like Andrea provided so much information and really kind of helped clarify a lot of the things that I do with my kid that I can probably do a much better job at. I know that she just provided so much value to us. So go check out Andrea's podcast, Adventures in Feeding My Fam, or her Instagram, Adventures in Feeding My Fam. Her website is the same, Adventures in Feeding My Fam, or check out her email, adventuresinfeedingmyfam at gmail.com. If you found value in this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Being a busy woman or mom doesn't mean that we have to give up on our health, wellness, or self-care. Together, we can take tiny, imperfect steps towards creating the whole health we desire and deserve. You can find us at wholehealthempower.com or on Instagram at wholehealthempower. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.